welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. So, um, actually, I'm just going to open up another drink. Oh, no, I already have opened one. I just haven't poured it yet. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> not that this is a celebration, but, uh, well, we don't need to celebrate anything to drink because we drink on the podcast quite a bit. But we do yeah. have a celebration coming up because, and I didn't even realize it until I got something in the mail, but we're approaching uh, 100 episodes. Oh, wow. That's cool. This is number, I think this is number 90, actually, I'm not sure. I think this is 95, maybe 96. That's crazy. Yeah. But also ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous because we've been doing it for like five years. <laughs> we should have been, it, yeah. like, we should have, two years in. At the end of the two years, you should be recording your uh, yeah your two hundred episode. Yeah, we should be on episode. We should be on episode three hundred. <laughs> and you see, I wasn't. I wouldn't be inclined to do something because for that reason, I wouldn't have. And I said it to you that I wouldn't be bothered doing anything for episode one hundred because it's not a great achievement when it took you so long to to get there. Like, but and I'd forgotten yeah. completely about it, Shane. But then I got this. I got this weird thing in the mail. It was like this handmade card that said "Happy." happy 100 on it right okay and i opened it and there's a little tape uh that just says play me on it so and i didn't play it i figured i'd wait for you so uh, yeah that's weird okay yeah so like, thankfully i have an old mini cassette player on my desk at all times so i can play it i mean like every good journalist so yeah so i'll play it uh let's see where are we Disaster artists, and congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. Almost. It took you a long time to get here, but time moves fast when you spend it scoffing at the failures of others. Now, unfortunately for you both, time is running out. For years now, you two have sat in the safety of your bunker, dissecting the mistakes of those who came before you while never truly putting your own skills to the test. Well, this episode is going to be different, and the question at the end will not be, do you survive? But how much are you willing to sacrifice to do so? Since you started recording, a noxious gas has been seeping its way into your bunker, and in less than 90 minutes, both of you will sign off for the last time. Unless, of course, you're finally willing to put those skills to the test. The tools to your survival are right in front of you, but choose your words carefully. Live or die, you decide. That's weird. Uh, so, uh, right. Well, I guess we're doing. I guess we're doing Saw. I mean, that's what I took from it. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to uh, figure out: can we survive Saw, or else uh, we don't leave the bunker? Well, I guess that means we're not doing Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> yeah, that was October. So <laughs> <laughs> we'd plan that. Would, that'd been a great joke, actually. Yeah, we we'd planned on doing Mighty Joe Young, but. Goddamn Jigsaw. Do you think Jigsaw knows that we're not in the same bunker? Or are both bunkers? Is there a poison <laughs> seeping into both bunkers? He must do. I love as well the tagline, uh, live or die, you decide. It's like, well, that's what we do in every episode. We pretty much decide. So I guess, <laughs> yeah. guess this will be grand. 
I thought that was going to end with, um, you know, you decide who lives or dies. There's one gun and one bullet. And I was just going to at the very end just go, bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no hesitation at all. I just kill you straight away. But we'll get into this when we talk, we're talking about the film. But if you learn anything from the Saw films, especially the sequels, in a case like that, if you shot the gun, it would turn out that the it's the guns deliberately clogged and whoever shoots it ends up dying themselves. Yeah, because it's 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 um, there's always a trap. He's figured out the personalities of the yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, there's always a trap. Um, but so okay, we'll get into the film in a second. But more more important than our fates is uh, the my broadcast competition that uh, we entered into last year and didn't win. Uh, we're not bitter about that, so we won't we won't get into it. But we entered into it again this year. So if anybody listening would. Uh, like to to vote for us that'd be much appreciated we'll put a link in the description it'll probably be the only link in the description of this episode just to uh make it as easy as possible for people to go and vote i think you need you need either a a google account which i mean everybody has or a facebook account or facebook yeah you sign in through either of them once you follow the link uh you can vote for from both as well you know okay Okay, because I voted uh, today through Google. I think, well, I assume you can. I don't actually have Facebook, so I don't know. But I assume you can. Yeah. If you can sign in, I assume like you can just sign out and do it again through your other account. Yeah. People are welcome to try. If you have like 20 accounts, you can do it. You can cheat. We like Once it's not us that votes multiple times, I don't think it, it counts as cheating. Yeah. We're not encouraging it, but I'm just saying it, you could do it if you wanted. Oh, no, I'm encouraging it. <laughs> no, yeah, no. You, you, I'm just saying. In theory, I'm sure you could. Yeah. And if anyone out there is a is a bot, tell all your bot friends. See, it's reasons like that we end up being targeted by Jigsaw. <laughs> uh, so we get into the film. I, I think most people have probably seen this. It's f- fairly famous. But just to to run through the plot really quickly, so as everybody knows. So the film opens with a photographer uh, and a doctor, Doctor Lawrence. He's a oncologist and uh photographer Adam. slash yeah adam's like a photographer slash uh not private investigator but he'll take he'll take some money to spy on people and shit like that and uh, they wake up in a bathroom changed uh, an old fucking warehouse bathroom chained to pipes uh and they realize pretty soon that they're trapped by a serial killer known as jigsaw and they must complete a series of puzzles to live. And in flashbacks, we see that, uh, you know, he's been doing this for a while. We see the fate of other victims from this killer. And meanwhile, Gordon's family are being held hostage and forced to watch yep. his torture via closed circuit video. And uh, also at, at that same time, a homicide detective played by Danny Glover, who originally suspected Dr. Gordon uh, of the crimes, is closing in on the truth. And that's pretty, that's the entire film. <laughs> like, So we don't need to, yeah. we don't need to go, well, we, we're going to go into specific steps of the film to figure out if yeah. we'd survive. But uh, we don't need to go plot by plot by plot, beat by beat. Like, because it, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the entire film. And it, it pretty much invented the concept of an escape room. Yeah, a lot of people like kind of criticize Saw as being like one of the bad things it done was it kind of gave birth to the torture porn craze. But I think the worst thing it done was it gave birth to the escape room craze. <laughs> I like escape rooms; they're fun. Yeah. But like a lot of people like them way too much, and every like 
workouting and stuff is in one and you're like oh come on yeah the weird thing about it is it created the escape room but like way too late like saw came out in 2004 and escape room started in like 2017 (laughs) it was just it was a huge delay it took a franchise. I think they got very popular in America very soon after, and it just they didn't come overseas until very recently. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I, I saw Escape Rooms, like, I remember Escape Rooms being parodied on, like, Community in, like, Season 2 and stuff. So they were a thing in America. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't yeah, Community. Yeah. It could have been all sunny or something. Definitely, I saw it being parodied in some sitcom not long after. So, well, actually, still probably a few years after yeah. so, but point is, I think they took off in America. But already at that point, I think at that point, the joke was already that they're terrible and everyone but, hates them. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. That they're overdone at that point. Yeah. Isn't your... Yeah, my brother manages an escape. <laughs> I was just about to say that where you're, <laughs> shitting, on, you're <laughs> shitting on your brother's living. Yeah, yeah. he like manages escape rooms. Uh, he works for like a chain of them. And he's like an area manager. Also, we want to like him to swing a favor for us and get us into one to shoot a video for the podcast in like a fake lab. Remember, we, we had that idea. Yeah, and now's the time to do it because they're closed. Oh yeah, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll ask before he hears this episode. Before he hears a shitting on escape rooms. <laughs> he'd probably agree with you (laughs) yeah no i but like i said i actually think like escape rooms are fun it's more the way it's more the people who insist on going to them the whole like every event has to be an escape room yeah it's just they reek they just reek of like team building exercises and stuff with certain like the type i know yeah yeah sorry you're gonna say something um i'll give you a laugh like he he was telling me like the stupidity of people in them and um like they have so they've cameras in them to watch people for like health and safety and stuff and to make mm. people like trash in the place and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so when you're in a room like they will actually come over an intercom and like throw hints at you if you're like really bad at it and stuff and he was telling me one day <laughs> there was like a group of people in it and like before you go in they tell you like none of the clues are like anything electronic or you know like these things like you don't have to like turn on a light switch or any of this yeah. kind of stuff you know there's things like that and um what they have are like a sherlock holmes room so it's set up like um sherlock holmes office in his in apartment 22 or one or what is it 22b or 122b oh man that's gone out of my head but anyway it's 22b i'm trying to remember is it 122b anyway it's the apartment and uh, they had like a chandelier in the room and it's got like 20 bulbs in it and one of the bulbs was gone right. and one day there was like a group of people in and he said it's literally on camera you could hear the guy going oh look that bulb is out i bet that's a clue he climbs up unscrews the bulb sticks his finger in and like shoots across the room for being electrocuted oh my god <laughs> he was just like oh my god you fucking idiot like just like <laughs> how stupid do you have to be like and they literally tell you before you go in like, it's not yeah yeah do not touch any of the light like it is not any of these things for health and safety you know? oh my god and the worst thing was like 
maybe not in Ireland, but if that happened in the States, he'd he'd be successful if he sued them. If he went to court about that, he'd win. Yeah, I don't know, but like, man. Wow. Fucking idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> no, it's literally like, the whole thing is like, you open a drawer and there's like a, there's a, not a puzzle, uh, a riddle like written on yeah. a piece of paper in the drawer and then that leads you to another drawer that has a key to open the the locker and in the locker is another clue you know yeah, yeah. like that's what all the stuff is so like the idea that he just don't stick his finger <laughs> but why would you stick your yeah, finger like, in what it was that, what was oh, the top part in there so dumb. well lucky for him he didn't wake up chained to a pipe in a bathroom anyway he'd never be getting out of there yeah so uh back to the to film so yeah give birth to the Escape Room Craze. The film itself was released in 2004, uh, written by Lee Winnell and directed by James Wan. Uh, a lot of people would know James Wan now from like major franchises like Fast and Furious and one of yep. the DC films, Aquaman, I think. He did. Uh, and he did Star Trek 3, I think. Lee Winnell as well uh, is writing it. He stars in it. He plays Adam, who is... He plays the, the photographer, yeah, no? yeah. And a uh, very low budget film. Uh, you'll see, often people will say like it was made for a million dollars. It was actually made for much less. It was barely scraping 700, uh, 700,000. Wow. And including marketing when they realized, because it was shot, it was going to be straight to DVD. And then Lionsgate decided they could probably make a bit of money releasing it into cinemas. So they put in a bit more money on marketing which brought the overall budget to 1.2 million but the film itself was 700,000 yeah uh, and it was a good thing to put in the, oh, the wow. well first of all it's a good thing they didn't go straight to dvd and you know probably need that extra uh couple of thousand or hundred thousand for marketing because it ended up grossing 104 million in the cinema on a budget i hope seven. the the two lads um made really good deals that they got a good chunk of that change i hope of that hundred million well actually they i think they invested thirty thousand of it of their own money into it maybe thirty thousand each so they'd have definitely so they would have owned a share of the profits based on that oh that's good so if it made like i'm I'm bad at maths but it made pretty well actually no it made pretty much it made a hundred and four times its money so they thirty thousand by 104 they'd have gotten that anyway yeah they might have gotten whatever say they made yeah they made five million each out of it or something okay that's uh that's pretty good like five percent each or something that's that's pretty decent uh well 104 times (laughs) thirty thousand is uh pretty good anyway yeah yeah exactly jesus yeah that would be doing well yeah, so it's about three million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so they, well, so they became millionaires out of it, probably. Yeah, uh, that's the dream, like, isn't it? Yeah, those were the days. Like, I right, I feel right, and I don't know if you agree with me. Like, if that was me, I'd just be like, okay, thanks. I'm never making another movie ever again. I'm, I've now have three, four million. I'll just live off that for the next sixty years. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd have half of that because you'd lose half on tax. I know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you'd definitely stay making, especially if you had like a franchise. And plus, I'm sure you just want to make movies. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, incredibly low budget. But they also done that thing that used to happen, especially with a lot of horror movie directors done it, where they made a, a short film that's now 
referred to as so, so 0.5 i think is what they call it and it's essentially there's a, a scene in the film or i guess you'd call it a chapter in the film where it goes through one of jigsaw's earlier traps and a woman who survived it given her uh, her testimony to what happened and they pretty much shot that ah. as a short film and that's how they shopped it around and got somebody to finance it yeah that's the whole head the bear trap but the jaws thing, yeah or the reverse yeah. bear trap whatever yeah. yeah and there's a lot of film like back in the day that was a popular way to get and for some yeah. particularly with her movies like evil dead that's how they got the initial financing for that was they shot a sort of 15 minute short film version of a cult in the woods yeah and oh those are the days yeah yeah just that does not happen anymore but uh. to just to go back to their the 104 million profit on less than 1 million to put that into perspective so this was released just after troy troy was the number one box office movie before it yeah. came out Troy had a budget of one hundred and eighty-five million, and grossed a little wow. less than five hundred million. Yeah, and which is still broke even. <laughs> well, it's that's still pretty good. Like, I mean, that's it was still Troy was still like top ten movies of the year, like gross yeah, wise. Yeah. Like, it's still more than doubled its money. But which would you rather invest one hundred eight million and get back five hundred, or invest less than one and get back one hundred and five? Like. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I imagine they were aiming for the like five to 10 million return market with whatever straight to video or, you know what I mean? Or maybe double their money. If it was like going straight to DVD, they, yeah, like they're probably, if they're like when they were going straight to DVD, they're thinking double their money probably. And they, especially somebody like Lionsgate, they, they would always make like 10 of those films a year. They would double their money and that's yeah. how they financed other stuff. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's not, you're not getting a huge return, but it's a safe investment. It's like, just release a half decent horror movie that people will go see on Halloween. You don't need to put much yeah. into marketing because people are just looking for a film within that genre. They don't really care. And yeah. they, a lot like with horror movies, a lot of the time marketing isn't, they, they don't need to market because people don't want to know what's going to happen. So yeah, it's, of course. Just, it's just uh, cheap for a lot of studios. It, is it a uh, Blumhouse? Is that the name? Yeah, they do similar stuff. Yeah, they their whole, I suppose, like um, their whole approach to movie business is to make a movie bet- for between five hundred thousand and a million, and try and make twenty million back. And they just yeah. do that all the time, and that's and they usually do it. They usually make that money back, which is such a smart way of doing. Instead of this whole like blockbuster thing of spending like. 400 million on a movie and hoping you make a billion is just insane that's yeah. um, Lionsgate where they had it because like they, they, they were kind of known for doing her movies like Saw and then Oscar contenders and that was their business yeah just those two types yeah, yeah. and it'd be like the mid-range sort of drama stuff like I think they Lionsgate might have been behind that movie Crash the shit crash not the Ugh. um yeah. But it's films like that and they would use the the her they would like double profits from like making these horror movies and then that's how you'd finance or that's how they then they'd go to film festivals and buy some indie darling for like five million and then that'd be their oscar contender 
it was a really good yeah, business yeah. method like because Lionsgate they were like a relatively new studio around that period like but and then within a few years they were producing like it was definitely some big blockbuster thing they produced like fucking the golden compass or something like that but they were yeah. built they were built on stuff like saw and cabin fever and stuff like that it's <laughs> the way to do it there seems to be a thing of like if you if you actually want to make money in films like just make horror you're well, I think that, some return i think a lot of people think that and that's why then there ends up being so much crap out there i think it, i don't know if you're guaranteed so. it's just safer than most other genre films anyway yeah like they have an audience it's the same reason it's funny that you mention it because we we're talking about this or i i said the same thing in discord on our, on our discord earlier about sci-fi novels that sci-fi is to like yeah. literature what horror movies are to cinema Whereas everybody, anybody, any fucker oh, yeah. who's read a few sci-fi books thinks he can write one. And because they're kind of relatively easily, yeah. not easy to get published, but there's more like, there's so many sci-fi magazines and stuff like that to publish short film or short stories that there's more avenues to get your work out there. Oh, yeah. And you just end up with a pile of shit. Like, it's such a, picking up a sci-fi novel you have that oh. hasn't been recommended to you is a risk just like picking out a, if you it's, if you go yeah. on to netflix and just go to the horror section and just pick out a random horror movie it's a big risk to whether it's going to be good or not yeah and the same goes with Definitely, sci-fi yeah. books like sci-fi in i think sci-fi yeah. novels kind of whereas like horror horror novels have like a great reputation horror, horror literature like some of the greatest books and authors of all time worked in the horror genre yeah, because it's a much harder thing to do to write a scary book than make a, yeah, a movie with jump scares. Whereas yeah. there's a lot of like real tacky sci-fi, like and you know people like fucking what's his name. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about him last week and all Scientology guy, Elron Elron Hubbard. Like you know, there's a lot of people like him that just wrote two hundred <laughs> yeah. bo- of absolute nonsense. A lot of sci-fi books they're just the same story but set on a different planet or in a different period of the future. But they're just like the same as the last book you read. Yeah, no, it's uh, really funny. But yeah, anyway, back to her her being profitable. I think nowadays they're probably the only. It's probably more true nowadays than it was even back when Saw was made, as far as low budget. Things you can do yeah. with lower budget because there's no like studios just aren't making anything other than like blockbusters nowadays unless it's unless they're trying to win an Oscar or it's a horror movie. So horror movies kind of the only yeah. thing you can really do as an independent filmmaker if you think or if you're in it to like make money. I guess I I watched I can't think what it was but it was a Blumhouse production and they basically for their budget of whatever it was, like under a million, it was something, it was really low. Mm. It was like 500, 600,000. They bought an old house that was really creepy in the middle of nowhere, uh, like an old farmhouse. They got a construction crew in to make sure it was safe and that cost them like 20 grand. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they filmed the whole film there in like a week. And like it cost them so little to do the whole thing because they bought the house for whatever like 90 grand or something and then uh afterwards they have to sell the land and all that kind of stuff and like that the movie made 20 million and it, they shot the whole thing and even in it there's scenes where there's like a character is 
on the phone to like their business partner in New York and they shot that in like the room next to them in the old house. They just yeah. painted the walls different and made it look like a New York apartment. Well, which, like, like, we should probably furniture. talk about Saw because all these things go for yeah. Saw and we're just talking about film we don't even know, know the yeah. name of. Um, so No, no, I'm just saying like that's the way they do it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so, yeah. Saw so shot in 18 days and like that so they shot it wow. in a warehouse in like that's not a set that's just a bathroom in a warehouse they did decorate it and stuff but yeah. there's things like the hospital when you see there's a flashback to uh, a scene in a hospital room and it's just the room next to the bathroom oh, yeah. like everything other than everything other than the house the the gordon's family home is all in the same building wow only had 18 days to shoot uh shot in la the sequels are all shot in Toronto because that's what you do with big studio films. But with a film this low budget, yeah. it's cheaper to shoot in Los Angeles because you're only there for such a short time. <laughs> but uh, they ran out of time with the film, so they actually failed to get a lot of shots they wanted. And that's why uh, if you if you watch the film very carefully, there's a few scenes where you see it through the CCTV camera and it's clear that the dialogue is yeah. ADR. And if you watch the scenes through the CCTV, you actually realize it's uh, shots you've already seen in the film. And the characters aren't even. Oh, told. they just changed the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so quick, you would not notice until you're told it. Like, But very clever. Uh, and they, But obviously they had planned for it too. Like That's why they shot B-roll from a, an angle to use a CCTV. Uh, just, that's really smart. It, I, I think like essentially they had... Now, this is just a guess, but I feel like what James Wan probably did is he took the all this the, the entire the entire section of the film that's set in that bathroom. He probably just had them just do that all in one take, as like and had one master shot from CCTV, just so as if they needed to cut to something. He had it, there. yeah. Uh, which which would be that's clever. really smart, yeah. Um. Y- yeah, because out of the total of the movie, like, it's, how long is the movie? Like, 90 minutes? Like, just under two yeah, hours? Yeah, just under it? two, I think. Um, and I'd say, is even an hour of it in the bathroom? <laughs> like, it's, uh, I would like it would be quite a short play yeah. to do. Like, yeah, I'd say it's about an hour in the bathroom in total, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, really, but it's definitely, like, the most of it. Yeah, I suppose, uh, but now another reason for the CCTV remaining there was the the actual original idea before they got the extra financing when they were just when they thought they were just going to have their own thirty grand to do it. Uh, they're actually going to make it more like the Blair Witch, and the entire film was going to be told through CCTV. Sorry. Yeah, huh? <laughs> just giving a oh, all right. <laughs> just gonna get my wine topped up here. If somebody there topping up your your wine. Oh, fancy. Little monkey butler, is it? Thank you. Hey. Hello. Hi. I will. It's uh, my mother-in-law. Sorry, I turned around and she was standing there. Game scared the shit out of me. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Do, yeah. So I have a full glass nice. of wine. If your mother-in-law coming and pouring you wine... Jesus, haven't you done well for yourself? <laughs> I have, yeah, while I'm doing a podcast. Yep.
That was another thing, actually. So the film, so they were originally going to shoot it like the Blair Witch through CCTV and yeah. in Australia, but they couldn't get any extra financing from like the Australian Film Board and stuff. Man, they missed out. Oh yeah, because I'd say this film it doesn't really matter that it was set in America. I think it would have made as much money either way. No, yeah. And the original concept was that they were just going to film it all in the bathroom, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I think that, that I think yeah. that went out the window very quickly. Like once they start, once this, yeah, like that was draft one. I think it was script. even like that was just their idea before they sat down to write the script, and then as they were writing, they just got more idea. They just had to go out of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and another thing too. So we talked earlier about how it gave birth to the escape room craze and the torture porn craze, and it, it's long been credited with being responsible for torture porn as a genre which i still find is the most hilarious name to be kind for a genre torture porn <laughs> but that is yeah. not on lee winnell or james wan at all because there is fucking no gore in the saw movie no there's none the entire film altogether there's 20 seconds of it where you actually see blood and that's just like traces of like you know blood on a wall so yeah. spoiler at the end the doctor eventually has to uh saw his foot off to escape you don't see it you see the blade touch you, you see the it opened the wound like the first cut and then it cuts away and you see somebody yeah. reacting it's such a small amount yeah, of blood yeah like there, it's just not gory at all now it feels gorier than it is because it's got a really kind of disturbed it feels like like seven it just feel everything it's real gritty yeah. and dark and everything it just feels horrible and claustrophobic and it's got that green tint to it. But. I was gonna, I was gonna say that it's like it, it to me. It has that feel, a lot of the feel of Seven, the like the gore, and even like the murders, like the murderers is, is very similar. Yeah, to Seven, because he's like a narcissist guy. and yeah, thinks he's doing something he's right. A douchebag. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's get into that. So the killer, known yeah. as the Jigsaw Killer, he his his motive is that people don't appreciate their lives so or, or the, because because he's dying of a terminal illness yeah he has cancer yeah and others are more fortunate more fortunate but don't appreciate it so he puts them in a condition yeah. where they have to fight for their life so as they will come out of it with more appreciation for life but it's complete bullshit because he's clearly an insane psycho who loves to watch people torture themselves and yeah. die there's this thing like now first of all that's only his motive in this film as well later in the films it's more like it, it's more like bad people proving that they want to be forgiven and shit like that so he expands on it but it's still bu- it's still bullshit okay. though but even forgetting about his motivation there's a, a moment in this film where Dr. Gordon says, he, he's telling Adam, the char- Adam's character hasn't heard of the Jigsaw Killer somehow. I don't know how you would live in this city and not hear about this happening. <laughs> yeah. So Gordon tells him about the Jigsaw Killer and then he says, well, technically he's not actually a killer. And I've heard, I've been at so yeah. many like parties and got into conversations about horror movies and stuff with people. And I've heard so many times where yeah. somebody goes, well, you know, the, the really, the really smart thing about the Saw movies is that there's no killer in them. <laughs> and if I'm sorry if this yeah. offends anybody listening, but if you've ever said that in your life, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> that is the stupid, like the jigsaw oh. killer is 
absolute by every metric he is a killer yeah. and a murderer there's no question about it yeah no by every law in pretty much every country he'd be held accountable for second degree murder and nope. manslaughter he, he, he'd, uh, he'd be first he's he'd even first be first now not on really, every yeah. death so like you take gordon saws off his le- his foot at the end and escapes so let's say Gordon died of blood loss. He might not go down for that because he never explicitly yeah. says that you have to cut your foot off to get out. But you take something like the drill trap. He he has this guy in yeah. a trap where there's two drills going for each side of his head. And he, what happens for this trap in particular, the, the cop detective, Tap is his name, uh, Danny Glover's character, they discover this person in Jigsaw's warehouse before Jigsaw has set off the trap. And then as a distraction, Jigsaw sets it off and says that if they, they have to choose, they have to either follow him or save the person in the trap. Yeah. If that person dies, that that is just straight up murder because, like one, he, he claims he gives people a chance to save themselves. He gave this guy no chance. He just turned on the trap and left it up to somebody else to save them. <laughs> so that'd be the same yeah. as if I go into a building and I just pour petrol all over the first floor light light a match but i set off the the alarm and ring the fire brigade before it spreads to the next floor if anybody dies in that fire i have still murdered them it does not matter that i rang the fire brigade like that would still be murder but that's just one of his like there's loads of other stuff that just aren't fair like there's another trap where he has a guy doused in a flammable fuel yeah in like a liquid yeah locked in a room and he's got a poison in him that's going to kill him unless he can unlock the door. And the code is written somewhere in the room, but he can only see it with a candle. And he ends up, obviously, the <laughs> candle sets him on fire and he dies. Like, that guy had no chance yeah. of escape. No. That's just no like... And it wouldn't matter. Even if he has a chance, it doesn't matter that he had a chance. It'd still be murder. But... But his it's own like, rules. No, your honor. My, uh, yeah, but that is like that is no, your honor. My, my victim could have jumped out of the way of the bullet, so therefore I'm not a murderer. Like that. <laughs> but but to get and and then of course there's also murder. So even Amanda, the woman who survives the reverse bear trap, she ends up killing yeah a person. She's told that the key to her trap is in this pers- other person's stomach and she thinks he's dead and she ends up cutting through his stomach to to get the key. Yeah. It's never, like, it looks like she should have figured out that he was alive, but I think the idea is that she doesn't know he's actually alive, uh, but he's been given a sedative, so he just wakes up only as he's been stabbed and he doesn't even make any noise. But Jimmer still knew that that guy was alive. So he had somebody that would be like yeah. if I told if I gave you a gun, like say we were shooting a film, and I said there's blanks in the gun, and then you shoot somebody and you kill them, but it turns out <laughs> I knew those real bullets yeah. in it. That's I would be held accountable oh, yeah. for murder. That would be murder by proxy. Now is this a remake of The Crow? <laughs> That's an urban myth. <laughs> it was actually I know, a squib, yeah, yeah. A squib that killed uh, Brandon Lee. Yeah, but I know. Well. Make it clear for listeners too. But but anyway, but back to the actual degree, like the thing is, so in by every metric it's murder. So the the definition of murder legally, like, is or not sorry, not the definition, yeah. but the 
what's the word I'm looking for? The requirement for murder is that you need to meet the you, in the actus reus, which you know all legal terms come from Latin, and that just means the act. So that's just yeah. like a physical assault, murder, and even like destruction of property. That is the actus reus. That that's anything you you do and. Then there's the mens rea, and that's the intent, the criminal mind. So it's the, the person's intention to commit a crime, and you need both of them for murder. And so both elements, if you if you take take any murder, you need to find if both of those elements are present to say it's murder. And so if you take this case, the mens rea, which you know, it's the for him, yeah, it's the intent to put people in a situation where they would ideally live as far as he, like, claims but obviously not but there's a high probability they'll die and he knows that so having the knowledge that they could die and still go on ahead with it that is yeah. that that's the mens rea so he ticks that legal box the mens rea that there's no argument there no, no and there's no way those people would have been in those scenarios without his intervention as well well that's like it but that's what 100 percent like kidnaps people and puts them there you know what i mean like it's yeah well that's the, he's the killer. that's what the men, mens rea is though like he he's he knows that they're mm. he, he has the knowledge to what they're the situation he's put them in could kill them uh the actus rea is, yeah. is just the act but anyway yeah so he put them in the situation that could kill them and it killed them so that and yeah. that comes after the intention so he has the intention and he then acted on it so it's just murder yeah and then there's the people especially because here's the other thing so the type of people who say dumb shit like oh jigsaw it's actually very clever because jigsaw isn't a killer they're also the kind of people that like i bet they still have like a, a poster of heat ledger's joker on their wall and they probably like <laughs> still rooted for walter white in the final season of breaking bad you know they're those kind of people like real edgy real edgy fucking <laughs> shit lords probably big rick and morty yeah. fans but they, I, I'm sure they would come back with, oh, well, that's just the, the legal definition of murder. But m morally, he's not. You know, like some fucking, uh, some yeah. half understood <laughs> Nietzschean kind of argument. But the but the, bur yeah, the burden yeah. of proof in the court is way higher than it is for most people, most sane people's moral compass, you know? Like there's people, there's, yeah, there's people that, that have... Historically, there's people that have ran debt camps that probably wouldn't actually meet the standard of murder in court, but most of us would say they're murderers. So it's much more, yeah. so the fact that Jigsaw actually meets the legal definition is much more important, because it's harder to meet that definition, you know? I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, it's a very, um, yeah, it's very black and white when it comes to the law, and and I think morally, it's also. Well, like my point is more that it's almost more black does. and white morally. You know, it's not like, or not yeah, even yeah. that it's more black and white. That's a bad. Well, you take like somebody, like people would say George W. Bush is a murderer because he sent the troops to Iraq and all that. Oh, yeah. But, he, yeah. but like, well, he isn't. Like, he technically is not a murderer. He hasn't, as far as we know. But morally, yeah. people would see him <laughs> as, see that as being worse. So the fact that Jigsaw actually meets, yeah. like, it doesn't matter if you don't think, like, I don't know, my point is more, how is Jigsaw not morally a murderer when he actually is, meets the legal definition? It's so much Just harder to meet the legal definition. I know, definition. I get you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he does, so. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And back to the thing, even by his moral standards, 
he he doesn't he doesn't keep his own code. Basically, that's the worst part that he doesn't keep no, his own no, code. No. He doesn't yeah. give people a ch- he doesn't really give people a chance to escape. He just says he does, but yeah, but it's like. Uh, yeah, but it's like the the guy covered in a flammable gel or whatever it is, like he was definitely going to catch fire. Like the odds of him not exactly are so slim. And then there's the guy who's trapped in like the cage full of like razor wire. He, there was like there wasn't even a path for him through that. It wasn't a puzzle to solve. It was just try and get through the razor wire and not die before the door closes yeah there was no there was no there was nothing for him to solve there you know what i mean it's gonna because i think actually apparently the the razor wire one is very solvable i think there is like a clear path and that's the idea that he just if you don't panic you would actually get through it really easily oh okay yeah yeah, like i think it's made clear when the police are actually there on the scene you actually see that all he had to do is he, there was literally just one direction to go and it would have led him straight out but the idea is he panicked but anyway the the problem with that though like he talks about yeah. how like people that don't appreciate their lives and he you know he only does it to pat to people that, that deserve it and all this that guy was just mentally he was mentally ill that was just a man who was like oh, completely. he was suicidal and self-harming and this man just kidnaps him and puts him in a fucking cage with razor wire and kills him. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> like, uh... But even, even like the two main protagonists, neither of them actually fit his criteria. Oh, the then. worst is like, Gordon is there because he is too cold when giving people bad news in the hospital. That's it. Like, like every other A man doctor. who has been around debt for like 20 years is a bit cold to it. Like that's, that's his what he's done wrong yeah and 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 most likely because he's using that as a survival technique because he has to every day they specifically say the line every day you tell people they're going to die it's like yeah of course he has to be cold about it how can you not if you have to do that every day for 20 years you're gonna be cold about it because if you're not how do you live it yourself and it's also only jigsaw's interpretation of it too like how does he know like how does jigsaw know like was he? It was just because maybe he seemed cold when he told Jigsaw the the bad news. Because as we learn yeah. later in the film, Jig, well, you've already said it actually. Sorry that uh, John Kramer, the Jigsaw killer, yeah, yeah. A, has cancer. But like, was he in the room when Gordon gave everybody else the bad news? Like, how does he know? He how does he even know he's cold to them? <laughs> but and then yeah, yeah. Uh, Zep. So skipping to the end, there's this. We we we're led to think the Jigsaw killer is. A person who, a red herring character. Yeah, the, the yeah. orderly and guy, it's yeah. the guy carrying out the guy who turns out is carrying out this trap is actually be, being forced to play a game himself, where he has to essentially be the jigsaw killer. Yeah. But I still like what's his? What did he do wrong? Like we see him in flashbacks and he's presented he, he's yeah like you said he's an orderly in the hospital but he's presented as being like a kind of just a, a weird but like nice guy and the one flashback we see he's quite sympathetic yeah the one flashback we see of him is him standing up for a patient because the the hospital staff are kind of not 
dehumanize them but like they kind of just they don't refer to him by name they just keep calling yeah. him the patient and he's like oh he has a name so he's nice and i think it's yeah. the like in the tape when when we get that twist the first kind of twist we hear jigsaw on the tape and i think it's the idea is that uh zep is too bitter maybe about other people's success because he doesn't like the the doctors but i think but he doesn't yeah. like them because he thinks they're dicks which is the same reason you think like yeah. the same reason you have gordon dare is why Zep Zep thinks they're dicks it just makes no sense why like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just insane like that so speaking of jigsaw being like an absolute psychopath, definitely a murderer, and maybe even worse, a douchebag. But yeah. <laughs> as far as like just being a complete contradiction and not abiding by his own rules, I have to point out an amazing thing I noticed. It, so I watched, I've seen all the Saw movies now. Okay. I skipped two and three because I remembered, so I watched one for this and then I skipped two completely because I, I remember seeing two in the cinema with like a girlfriend at the time. And I just, I remembered like, I wouldn't say word for word, but I never need to watch it again. Yeah. And then I started three and I got about 15 minutes into it and it was just gore and it was just shit, I thought. And so I just gave up and I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to yeah. watch it anymore. Then I ended up watching a Mr. Sunday Movies the, the Mr. Sunday Movies and his podcast, The Weekly Planet, they do a, a series called Caravan of Garbage on YouTube and they're doing all the Saw oh, movies. Yeah. And I ended up watching their ones and I, they have one on Saw 3 and they just made me really curious to see what happens next. <laughs> so they pretty much talked through the movie. So then I watched Saw 4 and then I watched Saw 5 and then I watched Saw 6 and then I watched Saw 7 and then I watched Jigsaw, which is the final one from 2017 oh, yeah. so i watched there's like, that many of them i didn't realize there was that many of them is it yeah there's there's now not it's eight or nine i can't remember which. and then there's the new and, one now well i i'm including that that's either the eight or the ninth i think it's the ninth yeah, yeah. i think crazy. we go up to seven wait no no sorry no my roman numerals are wrong they go up to six i think so this is the eight yeah Oh, you see, they get very confusing because the final one is called Saw 3D and I almost end, I ended up watching that. First, when I attempted to watch Saw 3, I started watching <laughs> Saw 3D. Because it's a really dumb to release a movie called Saw 3D when your film series already has numbers in the title. Yeah. Because usually that's a gimmick that you do on the third, third one. movie, yeah. Like Jaws, Jaws 3D. Yeah. But anyway, so the final... Up, up before this new one that's been released the last film is just called jigsaw and it's a prequel now first of all the hilarious thing about it is it's a twist the twist ending is that you've actually been watching a prequel okay <laughs> intercut with something happened currently the thing is though you'd have to be very slow and simple to think otherwise from the very beginning okay i watched I thought it was a prequel from the very... I just accepted, oh, this is a prequel. Yeah, yeah. Because there's all these people in this big, elaborate jigsaw trap, and none of them, when they all wake up, they wake up in this barn, and they're all chained with these buckets over their heads, and they don't know how they got here, and they're fo they get the jigsaw tapes, and they're following all these clues and have no idea what's going on. So you're like, oh, this is obviously the first people to ever meet, to ever 
be put into one of these traps because nobody mentions, yeah. oh, this is a jigsaw trap. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's a prequel straight away. Because even in the first in the first Saw movie, within like 10 minutes of the film opening, Gordon mentions, this is this the is jigsaw killer. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows about it. So it's... Yeah. So it's so clear it's a prequel, but yet it still funny. plays as this twist, ex, this twist ending. And I looked it up online, and I've seen people talk about how great of a twist that was. <laughs> <laughs> and I suspect those same people think Jigsaw isn't a killer. Yeah, but anyway, going back to just I, I sorry, I just went on a tangent there. But at the end of this film, anyway it gets down to two people alive and they both meet Jigsaw. They meet John in, yeah. in in the last child. He's just there in person for this. And a woman, there's a woman called Anna and she recognizes John and it turns out they used to be neighbors. Uh. And he tells the other guy about her and it's like, oh, her and her husband were very kind to me when I was first diagnosed with cancer. And we see a flashback and it's when he was, it's after he was diagnosed with cancer, but it's before he had all, so it's revealed later in the other Saw movies that it's not, Jigsaw didn't necessarily become the killer because he had cancer, but he had a lot of other bad things happen that well, pushed him in that direction. His wife was attacked by a junkie and had a miscarriage and he lost a child. And that ends up being the big sort of inciting incident for him. And his first victim is that junkie. Oh, okay. but anyway, yeah, yeah. here's the problem. So when we see a flashback to when he was with neighbors with Anna, it's before he's lost the child. So he isn't a jigsaw killer yet. And the reason he has her there, the reason she's in the trap is because she had postnatal depression. She went mental one night. She was screaming at her baby to be quiet. Yeah. And she ended up suffocating the baby. And then she puts it beside her husband and blames him for rolling over on it. And so, oh, and, and, and a husband, and a husband is arrested, and a husband yeah. ends up in a mental institution, and commits suicide, and so that's why John has her here. Now it's revealed <laughs> that John John knew this, so he knew yeah. that she murdered her baby. He said nothing to the police. Yeah, he let another person take the fall for it, and that person <laughs> ends up killing himself. That is John's John is responsible for that person committing suicide, I would argue. Yeah. In How did he know? Oh, hold on. He, he's his neighbor. He heard her screaming at the child. So he just put it together that she was screaming, shut up, shut up, one night. And then oh, the next okay. morning, yeah, here's yeah. the baby was suffocated. And the, so he just knows that oh. it was her. But now here's where it gets worse. In Saw 4, yeah. one of his victims is a woman who witnessed the hit and run, but left the scene and never went to the police. <laughs> but that's what he did <laughs> that is not even as bad that is pretty bad but that is not as bad as what he did no. she she saw somebody uh, there was a hit and run somebody was already dead and she just didn't go to the police he <laughs> knows this person murdered somebody and he let somebody else take the fall and that person who took the fall ended up killing themselves so he's way the if I, if you actually go through all the bad shit people done on the Saw movies that should end up in one of his traps, he's the yeah. most worthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Is that the twist in the next movie? 
Because <laughs> yeah, isn't it, isn't it eventually he's dead, but then he's got like a cult of followers who are continuing well, the murder. He, 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 he dies in the third one. <laughs> yeah, but he's in flashbacks like, and then in the prequel. He's in flashbacks and uh, they find like convoluted ways to... That's another hilarious thing yeah, about... Yeah. Like the traps obviously get more and more elaborate as they go on. And the, yeah. the last one has the most elaborate traps, but then it's, you know, it's a prequel. And you're just like... He had this trap where, like, there's different rooms in a barn. Like, this in the last jo- uh, Jigsaw film, it's such an elaborate trap. Like, everybody has these changed chains attached to them. And when they solve one puzzle, they're pulled into another room by the chains. So they're always, like, caught on these chains. That's no crazy. Go. And it's so elaborate. And you're like, wait, so he's, so this was his first one he set this up and then the next thing he done was he just chained two guys to a pipe in a bathroom <laughs> like he went really down like, it doesn't really make sense I, just as you say that i thought that with saw one which is our main uh, thing which was i thought okay so his first one was he took a woman and put her in a room with this like elaborate face trap and she had to like cut yeah. a guy open to get the key. I was like, that's pretty advanced. And then another one is the guy with the flame, flammable liquid and the candle. And then the other guy is this like razor wire cage. And then his evolution from that is to chain two guys to pipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within that movie, it's like the least elaborate setup. And two, two people who have no reason to be there except the fact that he just mm. decided to put them there oh, yeah 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 well and, and i guess though the thing because there's a different i guess it's kind of he plays two different kind of game he he puts people in traps and he also makes games so yeah, like, yeah. because like the reverse bear trap with your one because that is something that lasts very it, it she only has like 60 seconds to save herself or something so i guess he feels like he needs to make an elaborate trap for something that's going to la- be so quick Whereas the guys oh, yeah. chained in the room, they have like seven hours. So they're having to solve more puzzles and stuff. Yeah. So that's where his focus is there. Oh, he's got all these micro puzzles and stuff for them, I suppose. Yeah. But the tra- well, when I'd say like the traps in the la- in the final film are crazy. Like there's one at the end where it's this like rotate this giant rotating cone and guys <laughs> like being being dipped down into it, and there's these like spikes spinning around, and he has to get down to the bottom and pull a lever to stop it <laughs> in a certain. And it's so like it would take like twenty men to build the fucking yoke, and this is also a prequel, so it's before he got like his acolytes and stuff in fact his first it's revealed that his first disciple was one of the survivors of this game oh of course so he's meant to have done this all by himself because he's given them a new perspective on life because he yeah it's the one thing i liked in this film the person doesn't actually survive it he saves them because he he has said he thinks that they probably don't deserve it's the person that uh, made a mistake on his an intern who made a mistake that meant his cancer was found too late. Oh, uh, okay. Well, he decides at the he decides at the last minute before just before they're going to die that it was a mis- that they don't deserve it because it was an, a genuine accident. But again, the fact that he put them there in the first place was not that he thought they weren't living their life to the fullest. It was the fact that they wronged him. It was purely revenge. Yeah, yeah, it was revenge. It's pure revenge. Like it was. Yeah. 
Oh, that's annoying. Uh, he's an absolute. He's an absolute cunt. And here we are, bad mountain him, and and we have to solve. We have to survive his game. But maybe that's it. We make him realize that he's actually a cunt. Yeah. yeah. Like going back to um, the guys in the bathroom and they're trapped and they're chained in there. And uh, to me, one of the funniest fucking things is when they discover the the clue is the look inside your heart or something like that. And they realize the heart is on the, the tank of the toilet. And the first thing Adam does is put his hand down the horrible toilet. Like the first thing I would do is look in the cistern. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, how stupid is this guy? Like, like the first thing, like, but it's all for that horror scene of him being like, oh my god, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. It's just like just for no reason. And then he's like, maybe I should look in the back of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a thing. Just speaking of the bathroom, where the fuck is this bathroom? And why is there a bathtub in it? Because it's clearly like yeah. a bathroom in like what used to be like a meat packing factory or something. Because you see there's urinals yeah. and toilets and sinks. But then there's just a bathtub out in the open. Like what kind of a... <laughs> who is having a bath in a, in a bathroom like that? I hadn't thought of that. That's really funny. That's obviously a real bathroom. Like because there's no... They didn't have the budget to build something from scratch. Like that's no, obviously no. a place that exists. Did they put a bath in it though? Because they no, had the I, whole <laughs> idea of, of him waking up at the bath. No, because I went back. There, you, it's built into the... The, the tiles on the wall is like, what's the word I'm looking But like, the, it goes back, like there's room, the, the, the bathtub's built into the wall, kind of. So maybe they've done, done a lot more work in the room than I thought. Maybe they did do a bit yeah. of construction work on it. But, but then, either way, like, it's a bizarre location. The bath is so irrelevant to everything else that happens. Like, Adam wakes up in the bath. Like he wakes up underwater, at, and it's like the opening of the movie. It's just, it's just. I think it's just there for dramatic effect. So I think they put the bath in. It there. is, yeah. Well, actually, it is. But also, people theorize that he probably wasn't asleep underwater, but he started to slowly. He was sinking into the water, and Jigsaw woke him up at that moment with the. He gave him a slight shock or whatever. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Which I just I think that's fans doing a lot of the work. For. Yeah, but basically it's it's stuff that it's just stuff that doesn't make sense. That it's real filmmakery stuff of like, oh, this will be cool. This will look yeah, cool. But that's fine too once you don't abuse it. Yeah, yeah. the thing I find really funny about the song because there's so many like plot holes as you go. There's so and many. They're always a- but they're all they're always answered in in the next film. but clearly like it's just like they look they pretty much go to reddit and see what fans are complaining about and they're like oh yeah okay so this didn't make sense well in the next film we'll reveal that such and such was actually in on it because there's this whole thing uh, at the end of the film when jigsaw reveals himself he says to adam the key for your cuffs are in that bathtub and that's the revelation well, they sank when he woke up, and that's the revelation that he could have freed himself at any time. Yeah. But how was he to know the keys were in the bathtub? Like, he would never yeah. think to do that. <laughs> But so that didn't really make sense. But then it's revealed later on that Amanda 
the survivor of the bear trap trap uh she becomes one of his disciples and it was her that left the key there and she wasn't meant to and so the (laughs) idea is that he's revealing that just to show that he knows that she isn't playing by the rules it's like but that's clearly Uh, not that wasn't the intention because it turns out amanda is the one that starts killing people like really not giving people a chance to escape Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but it's all bullshit. It's them retroactively trying to fix stuff that didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. That was like, and and I heard it a bunch of times because I watched a couple of other like reviews and or summaries and things like that just to kind of get more insight into the movie. And it's one of those things that just every time I heard the line, it made me laugh so much. It's just like, he's like, uh, it's Dr. Gordon is like, oh, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat on my wife because one of the reasons he's there is because he cheated on his wife, but he didn't. And it's it's a bit vague and not very well thought out. And then then uh, Adam's reply is, I don't give a shit what you did, whether you like covered yourself in peanut butter and had a 15 hooker gangbang. And every time I heard that line, I was like, that is such a thing you write in a script that no one would ever say. Yeah. It is yeah. such a like, I, I can I can just imagine them in like sitting in their office like their offices working on the script and being like I need I need a like what's a silly insane sex thing someone would do and they literally having a competition to who could come up with the silliest thing uh, you know that's the one they voted on to me that's a real like a film student trying to yeah. write dialogue like Tarantino we went to college with a few people who wrote dialogue like that. They thought it was Tarantino-esque dialogue. But yeah. Like, what, it was like what a, what a 20-year-old thinks that sound like. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, Which is probably, like... Yeah. And that's it. Like, they're around that age when they're old. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those... Um, it's just one of those lines just stood out to me as such a, like... Yeah, it's real film student or film... Like, it's not something... But neither really, of them would ever... Neither of those filmmakers would ever write dialogue like that nowadays. <laughs> nowadays. Oh no, not at all. Actually, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it was just such a funny line. It just made me laugh so much because, yeah, being a film, I suppose, a, a film graduate, uh, <laughs> made me mm. laugh. And um, that was the other thing I was going to go that like, okay, so the original concept is that it's um, the whole film takes place in one room and it's two characters and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, I'm pretty sure we did that as an assignment in college (laughs) of uh, like that kind of idea. I think we did one, which was, was it? It was one minute, one character, no dialogue. And you do your ending shot had to be your beginning shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like given those kind of real narrow parameters, come up with something which is good because that's creative juices yeah it is yeah it's it's kind of like they're needless exercises too but yeah it just gets you being more creative they're good writing exercises i'm not sure good film making exercises no no i know you mean but uh, i suppose this whole film and franchise spawned from the two writers challenging themselves to one of those things and then going okay but then what if this happens and okay we don't need to be in the room anymore because now we're going down this road and blah 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 like (laughs) i think with them it's purely like we don't have money. How do we make a horror movie or a thriller yeah, yeah. set in one room and this is the best way to do it? And then they just start getting good ideas that are like... Evolving. We can't, like, well, like, why stick to our one room rule? 
just yeah. because we decided that was a rule. If you actually have a better idea. Do you think, I don't want to get too much bogged down on like how the film looks and all that stuff, but do you think it looks like it costs that much? Um, we, we, we've had this conversation a lot. It's hard to say with a film like that because they probably spent like 200 grand on film stock. Yeah. So yeah. how can you say it looks like, you know, like they probably, and they shot in LA for 18 days. I don't even know how much that cost, but it's going to be a lot. Yeah. So it's hard to say, like, I'd say, yeah, it does. If you take into account just how much it costs to shoot a, yeah. a film. Well, no, where, where I was going with it is they almost completely get away with it, except for the car chase scene. <laughs> it's the car chase scene. Yeah. Yeah. The That's car chase scene was like pretty it. bad. I was like, apart from that, they pretty much pull off their budget of making it look like a more expensive movie, you know, or, like you'd never know what they spent except for that car chase stuff. And speaking of budget as well, like they only had Danny Glover for like two days, but I imagine that still eats into your budget. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like he's, and, and having him play a cop, which is like his, I suppose his typecast in a way, cause he was in Lethal Weapon and stuff. And they were such big movies. I think, yeah, if you're getting Danny Glover for a film like that, you might, you put him into some recognizable kind of role yeah. <laughs> like because anybody going to see it because danny glover's yeah. in it are probably expecting him to be a cop but yeah like yeah i suppose you don't hire danny glover to not be a cop <laughs> <laughs> not for that not if he's only in it for not if you only have him for two days and he's only in it for like yeah, yeah. 10 minutes in the film but they make a lot of use out of him like it's not like he's in yeah. like he's not in one location for the film it's funny that the actors that they had for the entire thing are the ones in that's one location a, for the entire film but he moves around that's a really good point uh, that's a really good point he's in like multiple places I even I, I, I haven't I think this mentioned on like the commentary track I heard this somewhere years ago but oh, what's his name you said it earlier from Princess Bride the actor playing Gordon oh, I can't I can't think did of you name. say his name earlier no I didn't know Oh, I thought you did. But anyway, I I think he wasn't even there for the full eighteen days. Yeah. But Lee Winnell was obviously because I, I think Lee Winnell wasn't even being paid because he's the writer. Like, and yeah. I think that's kind of the reason he even is in it because then they had one actor that would just be there the whole time, and so like <laughs> a lot of his a lot of his close ups and stuff, he's talking to nobody because they only had the other actor for like ten days. Yeah. Yeah. If they could do all his all his pickups and stuff like later, some manner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like that's a good method to have like always ha- like have a main character who owns a stake in the film that will just yeah. <laughs> be there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I think really that was smart. the same. That was Tarantino's logic with uh, Reservoir Dogs as well. Like making Harvey Keitel a producer, so as he'd kind of be the one that'd be there for everything. Just to keep them around, keep them interested. So if we're in this situation, like we wake up in a bathroom like this, how long yeah. would it take before you'd even contemplate cutting off your foot? I was thinking about this a lot. And I don't know if you have to cut off your foot. I, yeah. Do you have a, a, a theory there or, or another option? Well, specifically, like... George, George cuts like he's a fucking doctor right and he cuts his foot like halfway up his leg like he cuts um well halfway up his shin like he cuts really high up and I think um 
Well, like, yeah, because doesn't he he cuts like the, the, the middle of his shit over? He he cuts over where he's tied, not under. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like, but then is that maybe is the bone hollower there or something? Maybe though, like maybe cutting at the ankle. Like cutting closer to the foot might be harder, maybe. Because well, yeah, he, he's pretty tough. Yeah, he's cutting straight through. Like I suppose from a doctor's perspective, it's probably the easiest and shortest route through. But mm. I think you could probably crush your foot or break your foot. That was and get my it through. I think taking off the top of the toilet and just because we see later, fucking Adam. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Completely caves Sep's skull in with, with uh, the top of the toilet. Layer. That's exactly what I was going to say to you: was get the top of the toilet and smash your foot to bits, and then you'll be able to pull it through. Now, and I, I thought the same and, watch. Uh, like break the bones. I thought the same watching it, and obviously a few yeah. people did because in so for one of the Saw movies, Donnie Wahlberg's in the series later. He actually ends up doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. But obviously a lot of people said that and the writers were just yeah. like, okay, well, fine. We'll have another character yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, but that I'm definitely gonna... is. Well, also another one, I think like they give up on using the saws very quickly, I thought. Cause, very quickly. Okay, those, those saws would never cut through the chains. I'd never even try that. But those fucking, those rusty fucking pipes, they're, they're chained too. Yeah. I think you could easily get, not easily, but you could definitely get through them. Yeah, you wouldn't need, because the chains are like coated steel. Yeah, you're never getting through them. No, no, we're like, not pipes at the pipes are just like old iron pipes that are probably rusted and half soft and everything like, like, i've accidentally would... broke those pipes with less force you know like and it'd only be a chip or something yeah yeah but you could i think they're definitely break. and once you get once you get a little hole in one of them there then it, you yeah. can just start smack like if you just saw it until you get the tiniest little crack it just they just lose like what's like structural integrity or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. you could take up the toilet lid and start bashing it and just cut you destroy it in no time. It'd be hard just to get the first hole, but Yeah. That was my big takeaway was there's multiple ways out of those chains before you decide to cut your foot. Like there's there's at least other things you could try before taking a saw to your ankle or to your leg. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. um but the other thing too is like when you get out say say we do that like one of us caves our foot in and the other like manages to break the pipe we're out of our chains and what's the next step i know you have to get out of the room because the film yeah because the room doesn't open until the very end until the room because zep comes in isn't it yeah yeah whereas like gordon has to essentially kill adam in order for the door to open that's he has to kill him yeah, yeah, that's the the purpose of his game. Or poison him was one of them. Oh yeah, which again is just he he's making somebody kill somebody to get out of a room. That's just murder by proxy. Yeah. So my my point was like getting out of the chains don't really make a difference anyway. Like if Gordon killed, yeah, it's a distraction. Yeah, like if Gordon killed Adam, he still has to saw his foot off to get out, right? Like he. He has to saw his foot off to get to the gun to kill Adam to get out. Well, early. Well, he's given access to the to poison him earlier. Yeah. yeah. No. He, well, he, here's the thing. Say we both we're we're not going to kill each other, so we both get out of it. 
go of our chains, how long do you think it'd be before we'd cop that the person in the middle of the room isn't actually dead? I I was thinking about this because I had watched the movie like years ago, like when it came out, and the whole time until the end, like I I had retrospectively remembered that their chains were longer that like they could reach the body because they got the tape recorder and all that kind of stuff. And I had in my head of like, did they like one of the first things you would do is check that the person in the middle of the room is alive or, but then I had remembered in my head, Oh, but the whole point is that they're arseholes. So they probably would never think of that, but actually they're not really arseholes. (laughs) They shouldn't be there. And then, and then of course rewatching, it like the chains are way shorter than I had remembered as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't think you'd never cut because he looks dead, and you would never yeah, think yeah. that. Like you see a guy with a gut, like it looks like he blew his brains out. Yeah, you yeah. would just accept that. My point is not so much that you would cop that he's not dead, but eventually you're like you get out of your chains. You're going to be looking for every way out, so you check that guy's pockets to see if he had anything else that could help you. You check to yeah. see what his tape was. Eventually, you turn over his body eventually yeah. you're going to know you're going to feel movement you're going to see that oh he's actually holding a button that electrocutes us you know <laughs> <laughs> like you, once you go out those chains you're going to investigate that body and you're going to cop that uh yeah so i think in our case and once you cop that this person isn't dead you know that they're involved so I'd say straight away we yeah. just start like we just start beating the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> My um, yeah, because his only hold over you is electrocuting the chains, and then you're out of the chains. So you're I, I the way I see it is my first. I wrap a chain around his neck. <laughs> first, well, I, was thing. Gonna, I was gonna say my first thought was to you could probably break your foot or ankle to get out of the chain, and then you were saying you break the pipe so let's go to the scenario of i've broken my foot or smashed my foot in to get out and you've broken through yeah. the pipe so you you're okay your hands probably are sore <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i've got a broken foot so i'm limping around the place uh, just to set the scene <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, yeah then we're like looking through you're looking at the camera through the glass that you've broken the double mirror thing and everything and you're trying to open the door like and then you'd be looking around going okay but this guy was here maybe let's listen to his tape he must have a tape and stuff and yeah you'd start investigating the body like you're saying go through his pockets turn him over you'd be like what's this remote switch in his hand (laughs) yeah yeah why like now that i've turned him over that kind of doesn't look that real real that there's no uh i don't see any exit wounds yeah (laughs) Like, it looked pretty convincing on film, but I'm pretty sure in person, if you looked somebody in the in the face, you could tell if they had really blown their brains out or not. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be very obvious. Face down, I, think, I can see why. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, really elaborate Halloween makeup or whatever. When you first see something, like say someone has like a fake big wound on their face that's done makeup, you kind of go, oh, and then you see how fake it is because there's a, like, there's just a human instinct that you know whether something is real or fake. And like, there's a very short window that you have to fool somebody. Yeah. That's exactly. you. That's, that thing yeah. has happened. And then as well, like, maybe this sounds 
fantastical or something. I don't know, but we've we've both been to like open casket viewings of dead relatives mm. and things like that. Like, there's something about a dead body and someone playing dead. There's a huge difference. There's just you know you know that there's nothing there. It's it's yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a bit like different you, funerals because like a mortician has worked on them a lot. But I have like I I've seen a yeah. dead like I've seen a dead body in real life, a person who died in an accident yeah. and were only dead a few hours. And yeah. even then, like un- you would never confuse that person with being alive, you know? Yeah. It's and the same it works in the reverse too. If yeah, you're looking yeah. at them close up. Plus yeah. one in this case, one of the characters is a doctor, so he would have been very apt to exactly yeah, yeah. to it, work. It's that. just, it, but it, no, they didn't get, they didn't have that opportunity. He probably would no. have worked that out. Yeah, they're too distracted of what's going on and they're everything like clearly. And to be fair, that is that that is actually they 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 show that Jigsaw has taught about that in the film because the body is facing away. The body is closer to Adam. It's facing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And the recorder is left closer to Adam. So yeah. it, Jigsaw clearly has made sure that the body can't be really seen that well by the, the one guy who could tell that he's Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then the, like, the, the two, my two big takeaways from that is it, he relies, okay, going back to plot holes and everything, he relies on Adam being able to get that tape recorder a lot. And then the other thing is... Um, as like Jigsaw is such a sycophant and that he wants to be there and view the whole thing. That is the worst perspective of everything that's going on. Uh, Yeah. I remember thinking that. Also, I just thought about this. (laughs) This is hilarious. (laughs) So Jigsaw is just like, so he's in the room, he's pretending to be a dead body to fool the guys. Then he blew his brains out. Uh, Why, why did, why why did he take his pants off? (laughs) Because <laughs> his trousers, his trousers are down around his ankles, aren't they? Or maybe they're off completely. He's definitely in his boxers. And like, if you're yeah. fa- like, why did he? Do- what was the logic there? Aren't they in their boxers? Are they? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're fully dressed. No. Uh, yeah, Gordon has full trousers, but he's no shoes on. He's in his bare yeah, feet. Yeah, I don't think either of them have shoes. Because the whole point is, because they do the whole cheap thing of like he has one really long trouser like to hide the fact that he actually has a foot like later on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're both. So in- he's definitely wearing trousers. That's what made me think of. Oh no, he is wearing trousers. Um, but yeah, um, I'm sure yeah. it's like it's. It was just to make it look like this person took off their pants in order to get something to play the game. I, it's just yeah. funny. He was having a lovely bath. <laughs> yeah. in front of all the his other meatpacking friends while they were using the urinal but so and do you think you, you so you probably could smash your foot in do you think yeah I think if you had to get out of like realistically I don't think I could ever cut a limb off I think smashing it I could because there's a way back from that there's a way back and even if there isn't I think it's a bit easier in that like if you're cutting your cutting a limb off, 
once you start, like it do, if you, uh, the pain of getting halfway through and getting it off completely are the same. So like, I think it hurt me more to like start it and then give up and not and not be able to force myself go through going through it. I there'd be something even more horrible uh, about that. Whereas I think we at least breaking it. I feel like I have a bit more time as well. It's not as urgent. I can like smash my foot in once or twice, take a few deep breaths, work myself up to doing it again. Yeah, you're you're not bleeding out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be blood loss, but yeah, you're not. And as well, my instinct was, okay, those hacksaws are too blunt to go through the chains, then it's not going to be very pleasant to go cut through your leg. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's back to like, it's something we should probably do on an episode, but I don't know. Could we even get a full episode of it? Is the what was it twenty seven hours? The, well, I think we're essentially talking. We're having that conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's do um, like he had he only had a shitty blunt penknife to cut through his. He he was lucky that he cut he'd broken his arm, so he didn't have to cut through bone and stuff. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, he'd yeah. already lost a good bit of feeling and stuff. Yeah. I, I guess with, with Gordon in Saw, like he also, he's got the big motiv, motivating factor that he has to get out of that room to save his family. Yeah, so like, that's a big part of it. That would help. And that's, yeah, I think that is a big thing. Like the adrenaline alone yeah. will was, help you there. But. I was thinking about the really funny thing, like, because the whole ending, like the, the very last second is, so Jigsaw gets up off the floor and, which is an amazing reveal, even the way it's shot. It's fucking great. And it's one of the best twist endings in When I first saw that, I did not see that coming. And I don't care who you are. Nobody did. I've heard people claim they, they picked up on that and they're they're talking no, out their ass. Fucking there's genius. no way. As little there's sense not, as it makes retrospectively, it's absolutely brilliant when it happens. It like it kind of makes no sense that he would do it, but it makes sense in the story they laid out, out all the plot yeah. points to tell you that he's there. Because <coughs> we see him earlier in the film in the hospital, and we yeah, see that yeah. he even has the pen and stuff. But yeah, it's a great twist. The thing like is, um, is is Gordon leaves like crawls away, being like, "I'm gonna come back. I'll send somebody. I'll send somebody," and then. Jigsaw gets up and he's like, this is where you die. And closes. But like, Gordon's going to have someone back there in like half an hour. <laughs> like, it's completely pointless. <laughs> or he's just going to go after Gordon and kill him. You know what I mean? Like, is... Well, Gordon doesn't even know where he is. So like, whether, I know, yeah, however, yeah. Gordo gets out, Gordo, Gordon gets out of there. Um, yeah. Let's say Jigsaw's playing the game fairly. I would imagine he goes and drugs him again and then leaves him out on the street somewhere and then Gordon yeah, yeah. has no memory doesn't even know where he was so he can't go back for Adam but I love that too the the jigsaw is not a murderer he just locks he leaves a man chained to a pipe and closes the door on him and says game over he leaves that person there to starve to death and he's got a bullet wound in his shoulder yeah chest or whatever like he's bleeding out okay. yeah and if he even if he wasn't shot like he's leaving him chained to a pipe that man's dead no matter what and he and yeah it's jigsaw that closes that door so that is the equivalent of pulling the trigger do you know what johnny i don't think that's any worse that if you saw a hit and run and you just did nothing about it <laughs> <laughs> like one of his victims in the prequel um, or 
you know, no one yeah. mother has killed her child and then letting somebody else go down <laughs> for it. And <laughs> what, a, what a scumbag. Yeah. There definitely uh, is. I'm trying to think. I see, I don't think there's anybody. There's people in the series who've caused others deaths. Like there's a drunk driver and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I think Jigsaw, just based on him letting that happen, I think that makes him just as bad as anybody. Much worse than half the people. But like, he's, he, he is worse than doing that, not calling the police about, no, like knowing that your one killed the baby and letting the husband go down for it. There's nobody in the first Saw movie to do anything as bad as that. No. So already, and this happened in the timeline, this happened before the first Saw movies. So he's, so this Saw film takes place with him knowing that he's done worse. Like that's how bad of a person he is. He knows that yeah, he didn't yeah. call the police on no, well, I'm just trying to think of like, so his victims in this movie are, there's the girl who's in the, um, the reverse bear trap thing. Heroin addict. It, that's her crime. I was going to say her crime is she's a junkie, right? The guy who's in the flammable thing. What was his crime? Do we know that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It, it's phrased like he, uh, <laughs> took a few extra days off work. <laughs> Oh, he was lazy. He called in sick. That's what it was. Yeah, he called in sick too <laughs> no, many times. No, no, it's not. It's it, it's a bit a sickness, more than that. Sorry. Yeah, he faked being. He fit boy. It, it suggested it's insurance fraud. Yeah, but he basically f- he he he, oh, he had a sore back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's insurance fraud. But here's my problem with that. Later in the film, we find out that like so in so six, I think I can't remember. All his victims in saw six are. Uh, health insurance work work for the health insurance company that uh, turned down his coverage. <laughs> so so why? Yeah, but because and his whole point is the health insurance the insurance industry are evil, and that they they just take advantage of people. So why was he punishing this guy who just took advantage of the insurance company? Yeah, who were the enemy? He was playing. Yeah, he was playing their own game. So I don't. But this is why, like, the films retroactively changing shit and. <laughs> and to be fair, we're, I'm saying this is a criticism as the franchise. This isn't on James Wan or Lee Winnell because they didn't write any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as a franchise, it makes no sense that the man who would hold a vendetta against his own health insurance company would then a year later take a guy who who played their own game and got <laughs> money out of the insurance company. Yeah. He wouldn't be bringing him in to punish him. That's like, hero. Like, yeah. And... Um, and then his other victim is a guy who tried to kill himself or seek attention, maybe, is, is how it's phrased. Um, That's what he said. But like the guy definitely, like, it, again, we see actually in another film, we see flashbacks, that guy, and he definitely was suicidal because he's by himself and he's, yeah, you yeah. see the night he was taken and he, he was definitely like just suicidal. He's like and drinking then, by a railroad track kind of thing. Yeah. And then... Um, okay, so there's Adam who is, he's a low life. He's a bit of a low life. He's like a voyeur. Yeah, yeah. And he's, is it he's, he's watching life. He's not living life is basically his crime. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then the doctor is, he's, he's told too many people they're going to die and he doesn't know how to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> and also some stuff about the fact that he, might have cheated on his wife <laughs> yeah which i think it's made clear like he hasn't actually cheated on her he he's toying yeah, yeah. with the idea 
but he doesn't in the end. And um, and then, okay, he also kills a cop for trying to catch him. Oh, I forgot about that one. That trap. one, yeah, that and that one's straight up murder. He leads somebody into a trap. He just runs. He tricks somebody into walking into a a shotgun set up to yeah, oh, yeah. blow their head off. That and just he he tries to kill um what's his name? He slices. His, his throat, yeah. Detective, uh, um, detective, he doesn't detective kill him. Detective Danny Glover. <laughs> detective Glover, that's much better. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's attempted murder for sure, but uh, leading the guy into the shotgun trap, that is absolutely yeah. that is murder. And we never know why he was trying to drill the guy in the head. No, yeah, no. Yeah, because he's just, it's just a thing. Yeah. But your like, way, that too. Now that guy survives though, so yeah. it's not murder, but would have been if he died. Like that would but, like that literally <laughs> turning on an automatic drill and having somebody tied to a chair in front of it, that is just murder. Yeah. But I just, I'm just kind of torn, or you know, is, was the intention of the writers to try and make him sympathetic or to make writing oh, no, as, no. as, he is just insane and he thinks he's got some no i think the film the film isn't saying that he isn't killing people yeah no because it's it's more like idiot fans who have met who who side with with the character's view himself but just because a character thinks he's right doesn't mean doesn't mean anything like like i mean all the protagonists with the exact, like Gordon says, technically he doesn't kill people, and I think they just put that's just a throwaway line, yeah, to be yeah. like to point out that oh well, technically he uses like all these elaborate traps. I can see like if I was in that situation, if you're trying to explain the, the jigsaw killer to somebody who hasn't heard of him, you might act, you might say, well, you know, technically he doesn't, of course he would kill somebody just to get the point across that he doesn't walk up and pull the trigger. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think the filmmakers see that as a as an actual argument it's just that this is what a psychopath <laughs> would think but i think what we were getting at with all the we we're just listening to all the victims is that none of them really deserve to be there as much as he does <laughs> is that what yeah we that's the big thing there are people later in the series that that would be more are more fit and like you know yeah. actual violent criminals who have like burnt down buildings and shit like that yeah. but in the first film yeah i mean i think jigsaw is the most guilty prior to him even becoming jigsaw is the most worthy to be a jigsaw victim yeah, yeah. and in the scenario so is that it in the scenario where okay, <gasps> maybe he knows that. the chain that's why he faked killing himself because you know he yeah. should <laughs> we so we get out of the chains we inspect the body realize it's him and then we're like well if anyone deserves to be here dude it's you <laughs> and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he kills himself but then we're trapped in the room well you know he's got some way to open that door from the yeah, inside yeah of course he has yeah the door's left open because Zep opens it um, but he'd have been able to open it either way he has to have a plan for that because he's on the inside yeah so it'd just be a matter of figuring that out and maybe I don't know like we might have to like torture him to get it out of him or something i don't know he's a very he's an old weak man though with cancer so you couldn't actually you couldn't be too rough on him because if you accidentally kill him you're fucked (laughs) (laughs) now i assume if that's an actual building that exists in the real world like and not a movie building yeah the room the room with the where the camera is that's been looking at them obviously there has to be a way out of that room yeah 
so you could just get into that there would be a way to get into that room through the broken mirror yeah to smash your way into it yeah yeah so i think you get now i'm I'm sure he's planned for that and that doors the door in that room's probably locked but yeah the only other you see that's the only the only other way is to like one of us kill kills the other or wait for Zep to come in and kill him and try and get out. Yeah, but no, I, I think realistically. It, so looking at that, like, yeah, would you, um, how long would you hesitate before killing me? Um, probably before you play the tape, just on the off chance that that's what's required. I just kill you. <laughs> the second one of us finds the light, you're like, oh, well, obviously I have to kill you. So uh, let's choose the scenario here. We have to kill each other. Well, here's the other thing. <laughs> you don't even try to listen to the tape. You just see a dead by the ground. And you're like, okay, two of us, <laughs> yeah. there's one body. So it's the previous, this has happened before. One yeah, person yeah. kills the other. There's one body left. The other person leaves. So or, I need to kill you. <laughs> or, you know, is, is it like war games? Is the only, is the safest move just not to play? Like if you just sit there oh, and do nothing yeah. and you don't even take part. Like that could be the best thing because I think yeah. so. Either way, so we know about the jigsaw killer in this world. Even if Adam doesn't, that's bullshit. Everybody'd know about it if he's operating in your city. So you would know the kind of games he plays and yeah. about the rules and that. So I think with prior knowledge of the type of shit he does, I think you would conclude that like, look, if we just fucking sit here and do nothing, it's probably the safest yeah. thing. Because he wants you to play the game. Unless, yeah. like, you have a time... You, in, in the sequels, you always have a time limit to do something or you're going to get a fucking... A nail yeah. bomb is going to go off. But in the scenario they're in, not playing... At least yeah, for Adam, so. like, not playing is the... Like, obviously, even, your family being... Even in the flashback for your one with the reverse bear trap, I was... I Again, I had misremembered it that when she got the bear trap off and the timer went off, I my misremembering was that nothing happened the bear trap right that it wouldn't actually open that it was like oh, this okay. countdown for her to go to the guy was just a was a was a fake out um because it's even the way it's that scene is shot like in it's her flashback and yeah the scene she's like because they go like oh and then what happened and she like take gets the mask off and throws it on the ground and then there's like the second delay and it goes Ding. and then it opens and just before it opens i was like oh and then nothing happens right this is how i remember this and but no then it does i was like yeah. oh that's kind of disappointing <laughs> it's disappointing that it didn't that it did work yeah yeah i kind of just thought it was better if it didn't you know um because it's it's a jigsaw messing with people's heads. So she cut the guy open and pulled the key out of him for no reason, essentially. It was yeah, where yeah, I thought yeah. that was going. Yeah. But then he won't he, then you couldn't even get away with the idea that he thinks that he's doing that in his mind, he's right, you know? Yeah. yeah I suppose. Yeah. 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 Like you definitely, I think we're just talking, we're just keep saying the same thing over and over now. So I think we just need to move on for it. Yeah. You'd yeah. Get out, you'd get out of those traps. Uh, getting out of the room is a whole other story. But uh, I think eventually you would figure out that Jigsaw is alive. So at that point, I think I'd be more about like just making him suffer anyway. Because he's he's such a cunt. (laughs) He would deserve it. (laughs) He's he's even like, if you look at all like the slasher villains and stuff, like he's worse than most of them. 
And he, the thing about him being such a like narcissist that he says, oh, I've never, technically I've never killed anybody. And in one of the films he even says murder is, is distasteful. <laughs> but to me, you're like, I have more, I'd have more respect for the person that pulls the trigger than the fucker who like kidnaps and drugs people that doesn't give them a fighting chance at all. And then like yeah. is watching them from afar in a completely different room and making them yeah. kill each other. Like he's, he's just a coward and like a pussy. <laughs> and it just, it implies he's just watching those cameras jerking off to people killing themselves as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part of it. That's tough. No, Jigsaw's a, a real, a real piece of shit. Yeah. He's got no moral high ground at all. And he, but he pretends he does. So, no. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, so we get out of the chains, but we don't necessarily get out of the room. It's kind of the conclusion, really. No, but we, we look, is the question whether we survive or can we beat Jigsaw and his traps? And I think we can beat Jigsaw and then we can beat the living shit out of Jigsaw on top of it. <laughs> so like, to me, yeah. that is, that's surviving Saw. Uh, what happens yeah. after that, uh, who knows? But I don't think we can dwell on it too much longer, no. especially because uh, apparently there's some... Well, okay, so we just talked, we, we talked about surviving the movie, but how do we survive the scenario we're currently in, where uh, Jigsaw is, we, there's noxious gas seeping into our bunker. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like maybe at this point that he's he's been listening to us, and maybe he's realized that, oh shit, I am a killer. Like maybe we've convinced, like maybe we, we've spoken yeah. to his ego, and he's like, oh, oh I can't. I can't continue this. I have to find another yeah. another method so as I can maintain the fucking illusion that I'm not a killer. Yeah. Yeah, we beat him with so our minds. So we just convince him. We beat him with our minds. Yeah, or it's a, twi- it's a twist ending where you realize that uh, it makes no sense, but you look down and you realize you've been handcuffed to your chair all along. <laughs> and then you look back up and and I'm no longer on camera and like the Billy the Puppet is there instead and he just says game over and you're just left <laughs> screaming by yourself and the music comes on and that's it we were just a stupid yeah just a dumb twist end and that makes no sense <laughs> no I think I think just I think our conversation would have saved us this time I mean, we, we talk our way that we talked our way out of it by convincing Jigsaw that he is one hundred percent a serial killer, yeah. and that he would he he has to go and uh, think of another another scheme where he can maintain the illusion that he's technically not killing this, but this one it's too no it's murder, so he has yeah. to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we survive this by being acting like internet trolls and telling jigsaw to go kill himself <laughs> well i don't think he needs to go kill himself i just think I know, he needs yeah. to stop killing people and if he kills us he's killing more people and we've we've proven that he's killing people and he can't live with yeah. that so whatever he does that's his own business yeah that's not it's on his us. life yeah it's his life people like <laughs> can appreciate it life. On us. yeah people can appreciate their life whatever way they want that's fine. It's not on us. So at this point, uh, Billy the Puppet should be wheeling in and uh, telling us we survived. Congratulations. You truly have stood.
the test of time. Oh, that's oh. an elaborate, elaborate fucking puppet as well. That's awesome. I love that. I think uh, Lee Winnell made that as well. That's impressive. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there. I think we survive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, vote for us on the My Roadcast. And uh, remember that Jigsaw is 100% a murderer. And exactly. have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and be prepared. <laughs>